What's up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Movies to be Murdered by. I am Jeff, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only, one of the nicest people in the world, my sister, <laughs> uh, Jesse Drew. What's up? Hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the jungle. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, just, just call me Axel Rose. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, how, how have you been? You've been been doing well. Um, it's been mixed. I'm gonna be honest, and just putting it out there, it's been mixed. Um, so that's really, you know, one of the reasons we haven't been on the air. Um, guys, thanks for hanging in there with us. It's um, by and large my fault. I shouldn't say fault, but it's it's because of me that we haven't been on the air. It's just um, various uh, reasons, including health issues and mental health issues. Um, but Jeff um, is, as always, is is a wonderful uh, friend and brother, and is always you know keeping keeping contact with me. And we finally got it together, and here we are. Yeah. We're here to say hello right. and happy almost spring. Yes, yes. I will be glad when we get past winter because my goodness, it's yeah. it's not been a nice winter. Um, no. And I just want to say, no, there's no fault. There's no who it is or whatever. You know, we're we're a team in this, so. Um, so we get through things together and, you know, taking Thanks, care brother. of, yeah, no problem. Taking care of those things. Um, that's more important. And I know that we have some, uh, some very loyal listeners and I know that they understand. And uh, one day soon, I'm sure we will get back to uh, bringing this to, uh, to everyone every, every week again. So, not a, not a problem. Well, so, thanks, guys. Yeah. So, um, this week we are going to be talking about Jordan Peele's movie from 2019, Us, his follow up to Get Out, which. I don't need to repeat, but I'm just going to say what an amazing movie Get Out is. I know it's like, you know, how many years later, but I, I mean, that movie scared me so much um, that I swore I'd never watch it again. And I did watch it again and it scared me still, um, but it was also really wonderful. It's one of those movies. I mean, it's one of those movies that even if it's scary, even if it's this or that genre, it's just such a well-made movie that mm -hmm. you just savor it, you know, uh, and all of its darkness and every aspect of Get Out was amazing. Um, I am really looking forward to hearing what you have to say about us, Jeff, because um, I know you're also a, a big Jordan Peele fan. Yeah. Um, and... I kind of, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I kind of want to throw it over to you right mm -hmm. off the top because like I said, I, I sincerely have been really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on us. Um, I will just uh, throw this in. Um, the budget for the movie um, was 20 million. Given the success, 
the runaway amazing blockbuster success of get out you know i think he was afforded a lot more money to make this movie um so they gave him 20 million and the movie made um over 250 million dollars so that return was insane and i just read the other night i was looking up you know jordan peele info that he himself is worth over 50 million dollars so um i mean the world is very much aware of his of his talent and his genius. So, all right, Jeff, let's hear it. Spill the beans. <laughs> I want to hear it all. I I just remember, you know, the, the first trailer that came out for this movie and I knew it was going to be great because it was Jordan Peele, but they took one of my favorite songs and, and just changed it up and made it feel completely different. Um, I had never heard a remix of I Got Five on it like that. And the way that they, you know, manipulated the sound and, and did everything with the song, I was like, okay, I have to see this. And, you know, I just remember, and I can say this now because I don't work there anymore, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I the job I had at the time, I, I took a lunch break and uh, I went to go see this movie by myself. And the first time I saw it, I was blown away because I was like, man, there's just so much there in terms of when he's saying us, I mean, even the title us, is he talking about us or is he talking about the United States of America? Uh, which I think both can be true in this case, because what we see in this movie is you know, we honestly is holding up a mirror to ourselves and how we see people that are it may be in similar situations, you know, maybe same upbringing. But for whatever reason, at that point in time, they're not doing as well uh, or they come from a different place and share a lot of the same uh upbringing, but maybe they're just a little bit different than us. How do we see those people? And that's what I really took away from it. I mean, there's a lot of symbolism in this movie um, enough that we could probably spend multiple episodes just breaking down different things Absolutely. and, and you know, still not be done. But uh, I thought it was very interesting and poignant to start off with hands across America because that came at a time where, I mean, the eighties, you're trying to unite everyone supposedly and overcome all of the stereotypes and stigmas and, you know, be one united front across America. And it was a disaster. Um, there were a lot of logistical issues, a lot of things that just, um, for whatever reason, just just didn't work out the way I think a lot of people expected it to. And you can say the same thing for the experiment that is the United States of America. There have been several points throughout time where, you know, it looked like we were going to be one united front and, you know, Liberty and justice for all and all this stuff. And it just hasn't been that way. Let's just be honest. Um, 
and Lord knows over the last five plus years, um, this country has really seen a divide. Um, and it, and honestly, I don't, a lot of people will, will blame the former president. It's really not his fault because if it only took one person to fracture everything that's fractured, then that shows that we were built on the shaky foundation anyway. So, you know, the movie really spoke to me in that way. And, you know, when it came out compared to what's going on right now, it was like ahead of its time. I mean, I can't even imagine if this came out right now, how well it would do. I mean, it probably double what it made because it's so, you know, it's so poignant for this time. Uh, but I mean, honestly, and spoiler alert, if you're listening to this, you've had two years to watch this. So um, just saying, uh, spoiler alert, the ending of this film, not where Red is subdued and defeated, but the very end when we're seeing the family drive off, drive off in that ambulance and we look at who we think is Adelaide and we see a flashback and it's like, holy smokes. And then you start thinking about previous parts of the film and it's like, okay, the, 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 uh, the scene in the car where she's trying to get Jason on beat and she's completely off beat. It's like, Okay. And then the way she just adapts to defending her family, she no longer became, she was no longer this scared, timid person. She was ruthless. I mean, the it was a funny scene, but when they were in their friend's house and they were talking about, you know, let's set some traps like home alone, she's like, you for, you've lost <laughs> to say anything, you know, it's all me now. So um, there are a lot of things I could say about this movie. It's a great movie, but I, I'm curious to hear your take. Oh, okay. I could, I could have just, I could have just, you know, hunkered down and listened to you for the next 40 minutes, honestly. <laughs> I think uh, you brought up, you brought up things that I didn't even consider. Um, but I agree with you about, Lord, is this movie loaded? It's like a baked potato with all the fixins and some. It's just, and see, I have, I have a, a few problems with this movie. I have a lot of, a lot of um, admiration for this movie too. I think, um, Jordan Peele wrote, produced, and directed this movie, so he's this is his baby. I mean, I don't know it. I don't know he he wrote Get Out. I know he directed it, but did he produce it? I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but regardless, I mean, that's that was his firstborn, and what a baby to have. I think that us was always going to have to live up to Get Out, and how. I mean, Get Out was just such a, a home run. I don't even need to say it. Uh, it's everything about that movie. My God. The performances, to say the least, but everything, the direction, the cinematography, the, the sound. I mean, 
I'm surprised he only took home the screenplay Oscar. Yeah. He really could have taken, like, it could have done a sweep. I don't remember the other movies that were out that year, but it really could have done a sweep. But anyway, I'll shut up about Get Out. She's just do an episode on that. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. Um, but Us, I found, was like, is like this. And I, I'm still having trouble um, putting it into words. So, um, but what I, the best I could come up with was that I felt like Us had everything, like all the pieces were right, you know? Uh, everything that you could want in a good movie was there. Um, God, the soundtrack, you know, nailed out of the park. The last song, um, you know, when they're driving away, like, da -da 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 -da. like that's, I mean, that's a perfect song, you know? Um, I got five on it and the way they stretch it out, to make it menacing, who who would have thought, you know? And it, I I I applaud that, like you did, because it's just, it's such a street song, you know. That song is from the streets, and like, also that they used NWA song in, when they're inside of Josh and uh, what's her name, Pearl? I forget <laughs> the woman. Oh, uh, what's I'm looking it up right now because. Um... I felt like she did a great job. Kitty. Kitty. Oh, God. I love Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. She's one of my favorite actresses. I feel like when I see her, I, I literally, like, I light up and I am and I feel like I'm in safe hands. Like, she's going to do a good job, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and my God. I mean, I know this is, like, I don't even need to talk, I mean, about her performance. Lupita Nyong'o oh. was um, incredibly amazing in this movie. But... Maybe I'm being too superficial, but my God, she's so pretty. Like I was watching it and I was like, oh my God, she's so pretty. Like they really had to try to make her look like rough. Look what, and when she's playing the character of Red, because yeah. it's like her skin is still beautiful and she's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so I just felt like it had all the movie had all the right pieces and it had everything like lined up perfectly, but I couldn't quite love it like I love other movies and I could and and I I it was too slippery for me to get my arms around I, if I wanted to give it a hug I couldn't quite get my arms around it and I don't but I don't know why mm. I, I can't I can't I don't know why I just didn't something something didn't connect and um there are parts of the movie that I really enjoyed um, maybe it's sick to say that I really enjoyed the, I thought it was so well done. The part where the scene where, um, Kitty and Josh, um, and their family are killed. That was perfectly done. It was perfectly, perfectly executed. I felt that part. I got into that scene. Um, I thought it was terrifying. I thought it was all these things more so than when, Red and the tethered family was like facing, you know, um, Addie and her family in the in their living room, like in front of the fireplace. Like I didn't find that as scary as when I as as the whole Kitty and Josh scene. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. I just felt like it was executed like much much better. And I felt like some of the parts in the movie go on for a really long time that it's not even a 
being quick cuts or like MTV generation. It's just, I feel like, like the part where um, Eddie goes back through the find yourself house of mirrors and goes down as trying to find base and her son. And it's like, my God, it takes a really long time for her to get downstairs. I mean, I get it. And I think we get it. Like if we see like one really long, you know, um, escalator or set of stairs, but we didn't need, you know, three of them, you know, and I just felt these scenes like that, I think could have been trimmed. Yeah. Um, I found myself being like, okay, I know what's coming. I just got to fast forward through this because I want to finish this movie. Yeah. Um, but I, I am really curious because I feel like there's so many answers for it, but like, what'd you think of the rabbits? I know that she mentioned red mentioned that like, Oh, when you guys were eating like hot, yummy food, we got like, you know, a killed rabbit, like a murdered rabbit to eat like bloody and uncooked. So I get that there was lots of rabbits down there for their sustenance, but like it could have been any animal, you know, they could have been cats or dogs or pigs. Like why a rabbit, like rabbit as a symbol of spring and like, you know, um, Easter rabbit as the idea of like humans spawning like rabbits, like rabbit as what? Like I'm not, I, I feel like there were so many possibilities that I'm not quite sure what that was about. I think, and maybe this is a stretch and that's fine because we can do that. We can theorize. We yeah. Can, you know, but I think the most telling part about the rabbits was the, very opening of the movie where it talked about there being tunnels and things underground across the U.S. and no one can explain why. And I think it goes to a conspiracy theory nature when we see those rabbits, because a lot of people, when they see the rabbits, they think about, well, people have cloned rabbits before. Oh, so this movie, you see all of these rabbits, you see, you know, like mostly white rabbits, but then you see these rabbits that are basically carbon copies of each other. Right. And that's what we get with, you know, this underground layer. We have everyone. Everyone has their own, you know, tethered their own shadow that's living below. And I think that's kind of what the rabbits represent is that they're basically clones of each other. But instead of those rabbits being apart, they're always together. Kind of like, even if we have a quote unquote shadow that we have, you know, whether it be an alter ego or, or a persona that we pull out at different times, we're still one in the same. So I think that's kind of what that was trying to symbolize. Uh, I do. I will say this to go back to your previous point, though. I agree that I think where this movie was slightly different from Get Out is that Get Out didn't waste time in between. It got you from point A to point B to point C. And it moved along well. I think this movie, because Get Out did so well, 
I think Jordan may have added some of those things in there, trying to add in too many details. And I think that's why some people just didn't connect with it because it's like, okay, like I see the rabbits. I see this person with the Jeremiah 11, 11. I see all of these different things. What does it all mean? And truthfully, you really don't find out what it all means until the like the end part of the third act of the movie. And and even then you have to stick around like you can't check out once they once Adelaide kills Red, you still you still have to be engaged because there you can feel that there's something off about when she finds Jason. Like what why yeah. isn't he why isn't he as thrilled about seeing her as she is about seeing him, given the situation that he was in? You'd think he'd be shaken and scared, and he almost has this calm resolve. So it's like, why? And then you stick around, and you're like, okay, well, that makes sense. He he had a, a moment of realization yeah. while he was captured, and now he knows who his mother is. So I, I agree, though. I think there were some times in the movie where there were too many details. And sometimes you just got to cut it short and let people get there. Like you don't need to explain every single thing or try to confuse, you know, all throughout the movie to to spring a big twist on us at the end. But yeah, I totally you know what? I totally agree with you. Seriously. I mean, you 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 nailed it right there. And I think. Actually, one thing that kind of bothered me was getting sort of like a canned twist at the end. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. we didn't get to see, like, where... And again, I, I hate to keep comparing, like, one work of his to the other. But it's just that his, but it's just that his first movie was like... It was like like cut with like a like a like a samurai sword that was made by Hattori Hanzo. You know what I mean? Like, it was just absolutely like done right, you know. And so you get the twist of Get Out, like it comes organically. You know, it happens. You know, you see him downstairs. He's in the chair. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen Get Out, I'm sorry. Stop the podcast and go watch it. Um, and then you see what this is all about. And you see how he manages and negotiates and we're able to sort of process everything we've seen in that movie. It just, it happens organically and it's part of the movie and it's like, you know, synced up to the current action of the, of the scene. Whereas like in us, it's like you get all of this stuff and then you get like a, a quickie, like her having a flashback and that explaining everything, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, don't, don't do that. That's, because we know he can do better. That's why, you know what I mean? Like if it was like another, if this was another director and this was like that director's first movie, maybe I'd be like, okay, it's kind of clunky. Like you said, there's a lot happening. Like there's a lot of information. He's just like, I don't need to filter. I don't need to edit because this is now gets to be like an opus. I have all this money. Whereas like, I think get out was $5 million, you yeah. know, and just a lot of people who believed in it, you know, Sometimes I think that's better, you mm. know? Um, sometimes with the bigger movies, then it's like, whoa, I have all this money and let's like film all the scenes that could be in the script. And then we'll just like, you know, selectively take out, I could be wrong. 
but that's how it felt to me um, yeah. because there were so many little directions. I mean, we got the, we got a glimpse of her parents, you know, nasty relationship. And that was sort of really getting in there. And then we're just left, you know, fast forwarding to when she's older, which is fine. You know, um, it's, there's a lot, there's just a lot that I feel like for as much as we got, we didn't get some essentials and we also got like, you know, twist ending in a can because that's what everybody expects nowadays. Um, but I agree with you about the little boy sensing that something was off about the mother. He seemed pretty in tune with her mm -hmm. from the beginning of the movie. He like, you know, shouted out the 1111. He shouted out things like even unconsciously that he didn't realize he was doing was very in tune with her. And she seemed like she favored her son out of the two kids. Um, and I don't know, there's just, so the savage, the savage nature of her murdering um, one of the twins, you know, in Josh and Kitty's house, the twins uh, shadow selves, that was intense. So we started seeing, like you said, like her brutality doesn't match up with this like traumatized woman child that she, you know, kind of plays off. And then when we see her murder red, it's like, I mean, she didn't have to choke her with the, you know, with the handcuff chains. That was really brutal. That was gross as F. Okay. <laughs> but she did it and, and, you know, her son knew it, you know, and I don't know. So I agree with you. Also, I just like, I agree about the rabbits. It reminds what you said reminds me that like, and I thought of this too. It's like when I first see the rabbits in those cages, I think of like scientific experiments, you know, like when, when we were young and like in the nineties and stuff, when people were really um, making a lot of noise about testing on animals, you know, the rabbit was always like the first thing that was the first image that you'd always see. Um, so that could be too. And they said that the, when when Red was explaining things, she said that like mankind like made the tethered, made the others, the copies, like you said, the clones, you know. Um I didn't I what do you think about um Lupita's use of the like the broken vocal cords effect in her voice? Um, if I'm being completely honest, yeah, you thought it was sexy. I did too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's what I heard for. Um, <laughs> at the beginning, when I saw the girl put reach her hands out, I said they switch roles. Mm. Like it, it automatically. I already knew the twist, and good for you. And it was they were trying to. I felt like he was trying to persuade me that I was that I was wrong, and that wasn't the twist. But then bring me, bring it back to me at the end. Like, yeah, you were right all along, but I had to take you on this ride where I had to make you doubt that. Right, right. So I love that little wrinkle because she could have just. If she had, if she had given a normal voice, so to speak, then we would have known that 
completely. Like it would have been a dead set giveaway that they switched. Mm. But because we saw her do the <clears throat> and you know grunting, and that's how the tethered communicated. Her her having that voice almost made it seem like she was so determined and so special that she learned how to talk as much as she could on her own. Gotcha. And, and that's kind of where for me, when I heard her speaking, I was like, okay, I can, I think I know the twist. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's the twist, but him throwing that wrinkle in there and her changing up her voice just says, oh, okay, well, there's a possibility that she's just determined enough to, you know, to speak and learn how to do it on our own. And maybe the scene that we're going to get later is the two girls there, Adelaide, the real Adelaide speaking to Red. And that's how she learns how to talk. Mm. He starts to mimic things until sounds come, you know, like that's right. a cool kind of path to go down. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I thought it was a nice wrinkle and it just shows how great she is. And the fact that she didn't win awards for that performance. I mean, I, I she was yeah, robbed. She was robbed. She was robbed. She, um, I think if I, I mean, who knows? Sometimes I feel like lately, and this is a very like duh moment, but like, I don't know what's true when you read about how an actor prepares for a role. Mm -hmm. Some of it I feel like is blown up or inflated. Some of it's just straight out made up and some of it's true. What I had read was that she had actually, I think she had consulted with people who actually have that affliction to their um, vocal cords mm -hmm. and their voice boxes. And so she really tried to like give some respect to that, um, that disability. Um, but yet when the movie came out, that community came out to hate on her and said that she disrespected them by using that voice. But I don't think that that's disrespectful. I don't think they played it as a punchline at all. I think she she did it, for, and that's hard. I I don't want to like it. It's so like it's so uncomfortable. Like right. you hear her talking like that, and like my throat started seizing up because I was like, oh, like I can't imagine having. I know that that's an actress, and I know that she's like having to, you know, go like that. You know, it's like I can't even do. You know, I can't even imagine doing. Yeah. All right, I think. Sorry, that's fine. Muted for a second. That it it made me want to reach for water the entire time that she would she was on screen. Like I had to, I found myself clearing my throat and taking sips of water. Yes. <laughs> um, going back to what you said about like how it's not just the fault of like one administration, the failings and the cracks that we see in our like, you know, quote unquote, democratic and equal and just society, you mm -hmm. know, country, um, indivisible, et cetera, you know, quote unquote. Um, I totally agree with that. And I think that it, it reminds me of that 
like meme I think that went around where it was like, you know, um, oh, like the United States is falling apart. Gee whiz, you'd think it was built on an ancient Indian burial ground. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I remember being like, yes, like it's exactly right, you know. Um, and I, I think that this movie does does speak to that, among many other things that this movie speaks to. I think this movie does speak to that. Um, when she asks her, like, who are you people? And she's like, we're American. You know, like, that's perfect. You know, that's absolutely perfect. Um, and I don't, listen, I'm bringing up stuff, like, I'm being, like, the naysayer. I'm not hating on this movie at all. I mean, this movie is light years ahead of anything I could make. So I, I, I recognize his genius and this movie has a lot of Bravo moments. Mm -hmm. um, I just sort of wanted to pick apart things that didn't sit well with me because I genuinely want to know why this movie, like I can't get a hold of, Yeah, you know? And I, I feel like almost like, is everybody just saying that they love this movie because it's a Jordan Peele movie or is it, Genuinely, that everybody loves this movie, and I am dumb. Oh. <laughs> because it's one of those movies, I'm like, everything looks great, so why don't I love it? <laughs> well, I think, I mean, honestly, with this movie, and I and I noticed this, and I mean, because people are going to compare the compare the two. It's just going to happen because right. they're his first two, and honestly, you know, there is there are a lot of similarities in terms of character you know that kind of thing so um i think this movie it, you either connect with it or you find it kind of tedious to get through um and i don't think that's good or bad but i think that this is going to sound weird and probably too meta but i think the goal of this movie is for some people not to be as enthused about it. I, hear it. I can see that. Because I honestly think that, you know, with a lot of the similarities or a lot of the symbolism, sorry, that is covered in the movie, um, a lot of people are disconnected from it. Mm. You know, like a lot of people don't necessarily get the entire um they don't get some of the, the same things that, that I would get from it or that you would get from it. Each mm -hmm. person can take away something different. And, you know, some people may even say, well, who, who's the real tethered? Some people may say that it's the people below that are the real people while the people above the surface are just being controlled by whoever created them or whoever, mm -hmm you know, made that carbon copy of them. So, I mean, there are a lot of things there that I think, you know, some people just won't connect with. And it it is a clunky movie, if, you know, just being honest, because there's so much stuff to process. And it's like, okay, there's a thinking movie, and then there's a movie where I feel like I'm just going to be entertained or get something out of it. And this is a thinking movie, but I feel like it's on steroids because the thinking that we have to do is almost too quick at times. It's like, okay, what does that mean? And does this mean something? And what about that? And what about this? And then you, you sit there and you find yourself trying to dissect what different things mean 
instead of going back and, and like seeing how everything is woven together. And the first time that I watched it, I kind of felt like you felt. And then I went back and watched it again. And then I watched it a third time and I'm like, okay. So that's when I really started like, all right, now, now I'm understanding because I'm seeing some different things on the second, third and fourth viewing that I didn't notice the first time I watched it in a theater. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, I can, what you're saying, so you're setting me straight. See what you're saying to me, what I hear is like, there's so much going on and it's taking you out of the, out of the movie, mm-hmm. you know, because you're, di- like you said, you're dissecting and you're analyzing, mm-hmm. um, you're picking apart because there's clearly like, you know, stuff that's heavy with meaning. I mean, her eyes throughout the movie, Lupita's eyes throughout the movie tell you that like this is significant or that's significant or, you know, stay here because this is something that's going to have, you know, some sort of impact later on. Like she is just so expressive as, as are the other actors, but specifically her eyes, I, I think like really carry the movie. Um, I wanted to give a big shout out to the cinematography of the movie mm-hmm. because the movie is a really good looking movie. And I mean, for 20 million, you know, you have to make a product that's really good looking, but everybody's definition of that is different. And I think that they did a really excellent job with this movie. Um, the setting, uh, the setting was great. I think one of the, one of the highlights of the movie for me was the scene and it's a quick it's a quick one it's just the scene where they finally get to the beach mm-hmm. and he's like you know and he's saying like santa cruz santa cruz you know and she is looking like she's having like an internal panic attack and the whole family starts cheering santa cruz and that's what we think is she's have reliving her experience as a child being lost you know we don't we don't know yet that you know it's flipped and obviously red wouldn't want to be there you know um as for a chance to go back to hell you know but it's before you know upon first viewing it's a real i think it's a really effective scene because she just so quietly i was looking at her and um i dealt with ptsd um for many years and just the look on her face was just of someone who had been traumatized and was having a panic attack. And I was like, wow, that's so impressive. You know, um, that's exactly how it happens. Like in daylight on a beach, not in the dark under, you know, under creepy music, It, it happens to you. Like when you're out and about and it strikes you and no one is even aware, you know, it's like, it's like a hell you're living in. I kind of wish they had taken that and run with it a little bit more than going into like the ballet and the dance and the this and the Jeremiah 1111 and the you know it's like kind of like a lot um a lot of ingredients in the pot but we do get that I think throughout like peppered throughout the movie and I always think those scenes are most effective um I wondered throughout the movie and I I wanted to ask you um how you thought about it um, as a parent, you know, I have a child and 
watching the children, like another, another relationship that I thought was interesting, the young son and the daughter, the teenage daughter, going back into Josh and Kitty's house and totally having a conversation just with their eyes. Mm -hmm. um, basically saying like, we're going to have to do this. Like, are you ready for this? Cause there's no going back and no. And like each of them grabbing like an instrument to kill with, and then having to, you know, murder um, the others that were there um, to save their mother, you know, uh, I thought was, I mean, and it's supposed to be, but I just thought it was really, whew, you know, like, and yeah. then, ha and then knowing that they're sitting in the house afterwards, just like with the dead bodies everywhere, I just couldn't help thinking like those children, like they're not children anymore, you know? Right. And when she, when they're all in the ambulance driving back and the little boys in the front seat, he just, he, I mean, he also looks scared because he realizes that his mother is the actual demon, you know, but he just doesn't even look like a little kid his his expression anymore. Yeah. And that was just something that I was hyper aware of. Again, children will elicit children in a movie, like, you know, having to be surrounded by violence or engage in violence, obviously is going to get most of the audiences, you know, uh, shackles up. But I think particularly parents, <laughs> I know ever since I had a baby, you know, I could never, I, I couldn't like no more law and order SVU, no more, like right. no more law and order because you know, that's too much of a, of a chance that there are kids in the episode getting hurt or molested or something, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was, I just felt particularly affected by that and, and like hyper conscious of that and of what you think is just the regular Adelaide, like, you know, trying to rescue Jason at every cost, you know, you think, oh, so that's a mother. That's what a mother does. That's what a parent does, you know. Um, and then you realize that she's a savage. She's a, she's a savage murderer that she's, that we all thought she was trying to save him from. Um, and that smile she gives him at the end is so crazy that <laughs> just for a second, you see that smile and you're like, ah! Um, but what did you think of that, of those, of those scenes going from where you start from like how she's having to teach him how to dance to him holding that geode, yeah. you know, and, and whacking the lady over the head with it to save his mother. I thought it was interesting. Uh, and again, I probably think way too deep about this movie, but um, I thought it was interesting that, we saw them being kids and kind of bickering back and forth in the beginning of the movie. And it's like, you know, good job doing this and good job doing that, you know, being snarky like siblings are. And then we start to see a shift when they go to the beach and they meet, you know, Josh and Kitty and their twins because there's an age difference and you can tell. And the twins are like, why is your brother so weird? And, you know, and she's like, you know, he's just he's just different. That kind of thing. We go from that to they have to take on the tethered version of those two. So then it's like, OK, this this harshness has now 
they, it's entered their lives. And now they're forever changed because of circumstances outside of their control. They've had to grow up and become like those girls kind of cold and, you know, you know, like, why do you do that? You know, just matter of fact, instead of, you know, enjoying their childhood and um, just seeing that is tough because, you know, in that case, it's kids having to basically fight for their lives. But you see that happen in kids lives every day with different you know scenarios that their parents may face and maybe that kid is 10 or 11 years old and they have to get like a little side hustle and start to cut grass or do something like that because now that parent may need some help and that's stripped away their innocence as a child and they're no longer able to really be only a child they can be a child in moments um, as you see throughout the rest of the film, they can kind of do things that are childish throughout, you know, in different moments. But the innocence of their childhood is now stripped away. And that look on Jason's face at the very end is, you know, I mean, the the kids, those two kids in terms of acting were amazing. And to see that look on his face at the very end. Like, I I know my mother's biggest secret, and I can't say anything to anyone about it, because if I tell her biggest secret, that ruins her for the rest of the family and everyone else that we know. So. Also, like, you know, what would she, like, what would she do to me if I told everybody? Because. Exactly. He's how she's a, you know, she's a murderer, you know, and she's, she likes it, you know, um, she was enjoying, you know, murdering red. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, it's the whole thing is just, that's, I don't know, too bad <laughs> to yeah. say the least, you know, it's just, it was just really sad. Um, I would have, I, I would have liked to have known or seen more of her relationship with her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, okay. So we didn't, you know, we didn't get that. We got more, we got more of a clue into her husband and Josh's friendship than we did into her relationship with her husband, which I thought was interesting. Um, I guess her husband like brought out the whole keeping up with the Joneses aspect of American society. And, you know, if they have big, then I better get bigger. Or if they have, you know, if they got a new car, I better get a boat, you know, like that whole thing, um, which was totally on point. Um, We did talk about the music, which we don't have to go over again, but I just say again, it was just really great. If you were to, if you could recommend a movie to people to watch as a follow-up to this movie, like what, what movie do you think would be a good one? And and it could be, and it could be anything, any genre. Oh, that's good. That's a good question. 
there was a lot of funny there were a lot of funny moments in this movie which was perfect you there, know? Were, there were yeah. um this is probably going to take you by surprise i like surprises the matrix okay you can see that that's a that's an interesting answer though what you know what what brings you to the matrix What's one of the things that they say in the Matrix? Follow the white rabbit. Mm -hmm. Just from that, just from that entire perspective, because if you think about both movies, essentially you have a version that's just kind of there, and you see the world that they live in, and it's kind of oh, right. and all of that. But when they get connected, you mm -hmm. see. So yeah, they go underground and all of a sudden you see the real world. Yeah. Like what yeah. it is. Yeah. So I think that's a good, I mean, it's out of left field, I know, but once you start to connect the dots between the two, you're like, okay, they have a lot more in common than what most people may think. No, I think that's a, that's a really good one. I think that's a great one, actually. Jeff, the maestro. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I would say so. I would say so. I wouldn't have thought. I was actually thinking of The Wicker Man, the original 1970s movie Yeah. with Christopher Lee. I don't know why, but that one popped right into my head. Like, yeah, that would be a good follow-up. But you have to kind of have, like, you have to be definitely in the mood because both of those movies kind of touch on nerves, you know, like, that are not painful nerves, but they touch on nerves that are kind of, behind your sinuses or something. You know what I mean? like, they're different, you know? And so um, I think that the Wicker Man um, would be a good follow-up movie because it's sort of like this, the notion of um, this one person who is in this other world and he know he senses that something's off, you know, just like she sensed that something was off. She was like, I feel like, that the girl in the mirror is coming for me. I could, I could feel it, you know, and it's the same thing with the constable that goes to the Island. He's like, I know that something's wrong. I know these people are lying to me, but I can't prove it. I can't put my finger on it. Like, what is it? You know? And, and then spoiler alert, the wicker man, 1970s. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then you, you've come to find out that it's this whole other like world that these people are living in. Right. And it's not, it's, it's totally, it's like, at least from his perspective and from what they do to him, it's totally sinister mm -hmm. and it's not at all what you think. And it's like him, like in wonderland almost, yeah. you know, um, just like she was, you know, feeling like something's not right. I don't want to be here. This girl is coming for me. We have to get out, you know, and there you have it. You know, and, and there is some, there was something sinister and murderous, you know, approaching them. So, yeah, that would be my recommendation. Awesome. I think that we have wrapped up us very nicely and neatly. Yes. Um, we have made a very nice little bow. And then let's rip it apart and, and, uh, and reopen it again sometime in the future. I feel like this movie just does not just the conversations around this movie are like almost like a circle. They just won't end because there's so much to talk about. There's there's a lot, a lot mm -hmm. to talk about, a lot to break down. Um, you could probably spend 20 minutes just on the VHS apes that were there at the very beginning. 
Right? I was thinking the same when I was watching it. I was like, wait, 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 what's that? I can't see it. I can't see it. Because I, I was like, I need to write down all the titles. What's the significance of those titles? Yeah, I mean, you had Nightmare on Elm Street. You had Chud. Uh, you had, uh, what else? Was the there? right stuff. The right stuff. Um, there were a couple others. But, I mean, just that in and of itself. You could go. You're right, and you could go on and on about Hands Across America and the Reagan era in the '80s. You know what I mean? That's we could we could have spent a whole episode just talking about, you know, all of that and how it affected the movie. Why why he chose that image? I know he had said that it it like was um, the image of the Hands Across America was just something that was so iconic, like kind of like. I'm sure that there's also like other reasons, you know, yeah. but Jeff, this has been awesome. I'm so glad we got back together to talk movie talk. Uh, it's nice to be here with someone who has such a big brain for movies and is so open and honest about um, their feelings and thoughts, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the wonderful. So, same. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, we hope that you will go out and watch us. It's less than two hours. Um, Amazon has it right now. Um, not for free. You have to rent it or buy it. Um, but only four bucks. So, and you get to see it in 4K. So, yeah. If you do, write to If you do and you have thoughts about it, write to us. Movies to be murdered by at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much, guys. Peace out. <laughs> Game over.